Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Good morning, Alyssa. Good morning, Taylor. Um... Before we get to our usual uh, <laughs> programming, I don't know. I don't know what the <laughs> word is. Um, my brain's a little bit frozen. Uh, I just wanted to address um, the events of the past few days. Um, I know that they've been weighing personally heavy on my mind. Um, all this news is completely devastating. I just wanted to take a moment to say that I donated to the Minneapolis Freedom Fund, which is um, helping people who are protesting get out of jail by paying their bail. Um, I I would urge you to do the same, especially during a pandemic. People should not be sitting in jail, especially for this reason. Um, and I just wanted to say I know, especially for me, News like this um, can take a real toll on your mental health, and it's also important to take breaks. So I'm hoping that our podcast can provide a little bit of temporary relief for people right now in between um, staying informed on what's happening in our country. Um, Very well said. And we can post the some information about how and where you can donate to the Freedom Fund. Yes. Um So we want to acknowledge that, um, and we don't want to trivialize it, um, and then we want to start the pod. I know last week we promised we would touch on the Lana topic because uh, they really teased us, those TLC editors, and showed us very little. And this week we got a lot more content about David and Lana. And for anyone who's not watching, David is the kind of creepier, for lack of a better word, older man who has been talking online to what we thought was a bot for seven years, (laughs) giving her God knows how much money. When she was asked, she said, let's skip this question. And we found out on his, what, seventh trip to Kiev that she is, in fact, not a bot and she is real. Um, She is a little... Uh, icy and like sort of detached and a little cold and he's so happy to be with her and very (laughs) very much all over her and I wonder how it how did it make you feel because I was on this roller coaster of feeling really mad at this girl for taking advantage of this man for so long and really toying with his emotions and taking advantage of him financially but then there were also moments where they were together and his hands are all over her and he's like trying to get her to kiss him through a bowling bet and it's so <laughs> uncomfortable and I feel for her and I'm like, is this girl feel like she has no other options? Like what, what is the backstory of this person? And it was just a, a lot of really cringeworthy feelings. How did it make you feel? Um, I don't feel as bad for David in regards to him getting taken advantage of. Cause I think if you have that much money to spend, like it's your choice where you're spending it. It's not like she's bleeding him dry or anything. Mm. I do feel bad mentally for him that he just cannot accept the reality of his situation. Yeah. Um, 
I, and I, you know, I wish like someone like that, I wish they would know their value and find a healthy relationship that's more, you know, that's closer and, and cost less. Yeah. But if he wants to pay, I mean, I'm sure there's also some weird psychological aspect of control. Like he's paying for her. So he's getting a certain amount of control in the relationship. Mm. Um, I, I also think it's like super weird and creepy that they started talking when she was 21 because she's only 28 now Um, and he's like 50 he was 53 so now he's 60 I I don't know that's like insane to me that is also terrible but I do think that she's probably just like someone probably convinced her like you're gonna be on an American reality show like this is it like go Mm -hmm. go you know go see what it is like see if you can make it work sort of thing Um, because I have to imagine you know, just based on what we've seen on this show, whatever she can, whatever amount of money she can make on Instagram is probably more than these dating sites, I would mm-hmm. imagine. I don't know. She's very, she's an interesting character. She is. And she, you could tell in her, you know, little talking head interviews, she looks stressed AF. And yeah. they're asking her how long they've been talking, how much money he sent. And she's like, let's skip the question. Let's skip the question. And she is saying things like when they're like, well, what's it like to be with David? And she's like, it is nice to be with David um it is good like she's being so selective with everything that she's doing and I think I think you're right that whether or not it were it was peers or people from TLC like someone convinced her to finally join this show but I don't know if she's very clear on what her game plan is yeah I also am like blink twice if you're in like some sort of like kidnapping ring you know (laughs) like what's that like is she okay like is there someone like waiting to hurt her when she goes home like what's going on here can we help her yeah (laughs) it is I just found myself holding my breath every time I was watching scenes with them like there's so much cringeworthy tension I was just so freaked out watching it it was the worst and then another uh interesting plot on this season is varia and jeffrey and varia in this episode comes back to america to quote get her man and jeffrey's already dating mary (laughs) who was like his friend who was just sort of hanging around in case everything went wrong so i am on everyone's side maybe except (laughs) jeffrey's in this situation (laughs) i am flip-flopping like every single scene like first of all i was like okay Varya, like, this is crazy, but I get why you think this is romantic and you are going to go fight for someone that you care about, that you didn't, you know, and I I understand, like, I don't get why Jeffrey's being so black and white about this proposal. It's like she's just saying not yet, you know, yes. not in the first week of meeting you. Mm-hmm. And then he's taking that as like, no, forever. Then so she's like, OK, well, I, I still have feelings for you. So I'm going to make a grand gesture to show you that I'm sure about you. Mary was like, you know, finally the girl who got picked, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you're still like jumping into bed with a guy who just proposed to somebody else. Like you have to know that that's a little risky emotionally, you know. Don't set yourself up that way, Mary. Like, come on. And he takes her out on that weird dinner. And then he's just like, now it means I'm ready to be with you. And she's (laughs) like, "Okay, whatever you say. And it's like, bitch, he just got off the plane. Come on, Mary. And And then then also like. When Varya shows up and Mary and Varya are fighting each other, Jeffrey just stands there and doesn't say anything. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, they're both so mad at him. And when Mary left and she's like, well, he didn't do anything. He stood there with his arms crossed. He didn't tell her to leave. He didn't defend me. He didn't do nothing like fuck Jeffrey. I was like, yes, Mary, get over it. I fucking never talk to this guy again. 
yeah it's it's such a, a clear example of just like a uh you know wounded male ego that's like well she didn't accept my proposal so now i will <laughs> date someone else four seconds later yeah exactly um, i'm also like such a mary in a you know in a I, I don't know my read on their relationship is that it's just like not quite right for they're not right for each other jeffrey and mary yeah they've tried this before and jeffrey seems to be much more interested in literally everything else and like I'm so the girl who like goes and like tears down all the pictures and takes the flowers and is like, you don't need these, I guess. And like storms <laughs> out. Like literally one time my, an ex-boyfriend that I was dating, he was out and he said he would be home at midnight. And then like between midnight and 4am, he like didn't respond to me. And I was like, where the fuck are you for four hours? So at like three 30 in the morning, I went over his apartment and like my sheets were on his bed and I just fucking ripped the sheets off the bed yes, and left. Girl. Yes, I went girl. home. And then when he got home, he texted me. I see you took the sheets question mark. <gasps> How about where and the then fuck we broke are up you, a week bro? later. We broke up a week later. What'd Good. you say? <laughs> That's so annoying. Then to also, instead of responding to any of like, where were you? It was like, oh, I guess you took the sheets. It's like, yeah, oh, you dick. Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> so <laughs> I very much empathize the with the Mary like stormy. Like that's exactly my move all the time. <laughs> that is so funny. I, I'm interested to see what happens with this like little love triangle. Also, I, I've said this to you before, like this is just a good example of how 90 day makes me feel where like at first at the beginning of the season, I was like, Jeffrey, wake up like Varia is using you. Like she doesn't even have furniture in her apartment. She just wants to move to America, like yada, yada, yada. And now this episode, <laughs> Tony was laughing at me because I was like, yes, Varia, go get your man, girl. You tell him. And it's like I was just like cursing her existence a week ago, but. Oh, yeah, it's just uh, it's so juicy. Um, let's talk about some secrets that were revealed. Ooh, OK. Um, you wanted to talk about Britney's curtains. <laughs> yeah. So in this Vanderpump secrets revealed at first, the episode started and I was like, boo, not the reunion sucks. And like four seconds into the episode, I was like, oh, this is juicy. And this is. It's just such a relatable thing for me right now. I've talked about it on what last week's episode where I am ordering things to the house because obviously we can't leave the house and I'm such a dumb idiot. I've ordered so many things the wrong size. I just like don't <laughs> read dimensions or when I do, I'm like, that sounds about right. And then it comes and I'm like, this is gigantic or this is for a tiny mouse. And Brittany being like, I ordered these <laughs> curtains and they can't even cover your titties. It's so funny to me. And I could see, I I like wouldn't even allow myself to order curtains at this point because I think that I would do the exact same thing. Yeah, mm. that makes sense. I feel like now because of that, we have like three tape measures like in the, the most accessible drawer in our house. So now anytime we have to order anything, it's like you order enough things wrong the wrong size and then you have to go through returning them especially during a pandemic you're like fuck this I'm just gonna be exactly sure that it's all good you know oh yeah oh, oh man um so we kind of learned that everyone else hates Dana as much as we hate Dana um yep. I guess Dana's just like very thirsty and going after everyone including Sheena's best friend Janet I I, I don't know I'm very confused by this whole situation but it did lead us to uh have a discussion about the politics of threesomes on Vanderpump Rules mm -hmm. which um, cracks me up have you ever been asked to have a threesome Taylor <laughs> Um, no, I haven't. Uh, I've like had different like casual conversations with my friends about it and like, but I haven't been like formally proposed to, which I guess sort of bums me out, <laughs> <laughs> especially as a, I think it would be so flattering to be 
proposed to to be the third. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So I have been asked to have a threesome two times when I was in college. And both times were like sort of exactly what they're talking about, uh, where it was like, you know, we weren't like at a party, like tipsy, like a little, you know, bit uh, three sheets to the wind or whatever. It was like a very formal uh, request the first time was this girl I was friends with who I was trying to make plans with <laughs> and I was also friends with her boyfriend and she just texted me in the middle of the day like what are you doing tonight and I was like oh I'm hanging out with my friend Nicole um, we're probably gonna do this if you guys want to meet up with us at this bar and she was like "Ooh, too bad I had some other plans in mind I wanted to know if you wanted to join me and so and so for a threesome and I literally was like is this a joke? Like, is someone playing a prank on me? Yeah. And I texted her back and I was like, ha, ha, ha. Um, interesting. And then she was like, let me know when you're free some other time with like a kissy face. <laughs> and then I was like, I, I'm so flattered, but I just, I feel like that would change my relationship with both of you. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, no worries. And then just like never spoke to me again. <laughs> <laughs> And I've seen her since then, and she acts like she doesn't know who I am. And I'm like, bro, like, come on. No it's okay. Way. We can all laugh about it. I'm not mad. I'm just yeah, like, if you not the girl the... that's going to be like, sure, let me drive down there right now yeah. in the middle of the day. Also, if you work up the courage to do that, you have to consider that no would be an option. Like, you would yeah. have to also be like, I'm, I'm picking somebody where it wouldn't affect our friendship negatively if we did have the threesome and I'm and that same person has to be someone who it wouldn't affect your relationship negatively if they said no to the threesome it's like yeah how is that the same like well if she says yes then we'll have sex with her and if she says no we'll never speak to her again like what yeah and then the second time was when I went to uh visit so my friend again in college was friends with a basketball player who was in town to play UCLA. And she was like, we're going to go. He's not really allowed to go out, but we're going to go hang with him and chat in his hotel room, and then we'll go to the game tomorrow. And I was like, great. And this is like one of those things where, you know, when you're like 19 or 20, you sort of hear that situation differently than I hear it now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we like snuck past the coaches, and we went up to the hotel room, and I was like, harmless enough, he's just not allowed to come out and drink. And in the middle of it, he made some sort of like coded like, is she down? And my friend was like, oh, no, no, no. She's not going to fuck with us. And I was like, what? And he was like, he's she was like, he's asking if you want to have a threesome with us. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. But I can go if you guys want, you know, whatever. And that guy is um, Drew Gordon. He briefly played for the Sixers and he's Aaron Gordon's uh, older brother. What? <laughs> Yeah, so I wear that as like a badge of honor. I think that's really nice. That's amazing. <laughs> um, it has just occurred to me that there was one time where I went over to a friend's house and they had just moved and it was and my guy friend and he had just moved to this like new spot and he was like, come over and I want you to come see the place and uh, it'll be great. And I walk into the apartment. It's like this big, beautiful apartment. And then he's like, all right, let's go, like, uh, hang out. And we walk back to his bedroom. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, this is a great bedroom. Cool. And then he, like, sits at a chair at his desk. It's like, you could sit on the bed. And I'm like, okay. And in my head, I'm like, what is happening? This is, like, yeah. so – this is, like, someone I've, like, who I've never had any sort of, like, sexual tension with. This is very strange. And then a few minutes later, his girlfriend comes in. And then she's hanging out. And she sits on the bed. And I'm, like, fully sweating. It's like – 
the, the whole point was just for me to like come over and hang out. It's like a weekday at like seven or eight at night. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, it's happening. They're like going to ask me that. Why are we hanging out in the bedroom? Why are they, why are we doing this? They're going to ask me. I'm thinking of the most polite way to say no. And then we're there for like an hour and a half, like a long ass time, just like sitting chill. They're like offering me wine. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm like, <laughs> you're then, like, I am very sober right now. Yeah, I was like, no, no, I've got my wits about me. Thank you. Um, gonna ha- no, thank you. And then I hear like some footsteps, like kind of somewhere else in the house. And he, he's like, oh, those are my my roommates. And I was like, your roommates. And he was like, yeah, I, this is like a two or three bedroom, like apartment so I have like different roommates and stuff so and like we're kind of weird about the shared space so the only reason we were hanging out in his bedroom is because the whole apartment wasn't theirs like I thought so it was like not a weird it was it like completely shifted the whole thing but I was like I did go you know I thought this entire place was yours and they were like oh no 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 (laughs) and then we just had a rest of our lovely like totally pg night and I was like I actually will have a glass of wine thank you (laughs) wow 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 that's amazing yeah I mean I just feel like it look I'm not gonna judge anybody for wanting to do that I think that's great and if you get rejected I also would love to like ask you questions about that you know like I would love to be like no thanks but like holy shit let's talk about this this is so interesting to me I think you just, that's just part of it. You got to be prepared. You can't just like ghost your friend after asking no. them to fuck your boyfriend. Come on. <laughs> I have a friend who will remain anonymous, but is a is so lovely and wonderful and like very comfortable with her sexuality. And she has talked to me about being basically a quote unquote professional third. And she's like, I've just like really nailed down the politics of people of being in a threesome with with another couple or with just like friends of mine who I feel comfortable sleeping with. And she just has all of these rules that have made it so she has like no problems with anybody and it's so genius and I'm like I love Girl, that. write a book and part of it is she says often either post asking for a threesome or po- post having a threesome if there's a breakup so often the guy will reach out to her and be like so do you just want to like hook up now just the two of us and she's Oof. like no that's like a complete violation of like what we all agreed to when because so much of a threesome has to do with not hurting each other's feelings yeah and how hurt would you be if then like your ex-boyfriend went and like hooked up with this girl that you both had agreed would be oh it would be the worst so i think that's really cool and it also tells me that like maybe that guy wasn't the best person to have a threesome with if he was just gonna go and do that anyway yeah. you know on the girlfriend's yeah. part not on her part it's yeah, like what the yeah. fuck a hundred percent interesting okay cool well glad we worked all that out (laughs) do you think tony would protect you from a bear like this uh episode of labor of love where we did a like a bear simulation yes i thought the bear simulation was so funny um i just think in general that question is great i mean this show is obviously asking more questions of men than the typical bachelorette might uh or like a normal dating show in that they're like who would you be a good protector would you be a good educator would you be a good father um and I do think Tony would protect me he has very good instincts um I will say last night he killed the most gigantic cockroach I've ever seen in my oh, life oh man and I spent wow. the rest of the night being like you're so brave yeah I was like, that's the <laughs> bravest thing you ever did it's so crazy it was like so it was gigantic Alyssa both of us were like that's the biggest one we've ever seen and I then I didn't sleep 
But no, dude, I think, I that think he they're would. moving in. I think they're moving into our houses because people aren't dropping as much like food and stuff on the street because there's like less activity. I yeah. told you I wasn't gonna share this because it makes me sound like my apartment's disgusting. But you have a nicer home than I do, <laughs> so I feel like we've been equalized at this point. Um, I like had to so a co- like a street cockroach like came right under my front door like it just i guess there was like enough of a slit and mike we have an electric bug zapper and mike is the bug killer in the relationship thank god um and he literally broke the electric bug racket trying to murder this cockroach and it still wouldn't die so i wanted to ask how you guys killed it oh my god he well it was this is so you're not gonna i apologize for all listeners (laughs) i was blow drying my hair in our bathroom and i looked down and it was crawling out of the sink so it was in the drain coming out of the sink drain. Like, oh, no, an actual horror movie. And I screamed and then I ran over to him and I was like, Tony, 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 it's not coming out of the sink. Balls. And so he had to go into the sink. He picked it up with toilet paper, <gasps> which is ah, how sorry. brave is he? He's so brave. He's literally a hero. And he went to go flush it. And and I was like, you're so brave. This is so crazy. And then later I walked into the bathroom and it had survived the flush, Alyssa. Like we have one of those toilets where there's no. a, a big button for more water and a little button for less water. And he must have clicked the little button or this fucking thing is just a goddamn survivor. Yeah. And so once I was like kind of over it and my heart rate had slowed down, I walked back into the bathroom and then like an it, I didn't know what to say. And I came back out and I went, Tony, did you try to flush it down the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah. And I was like, eh, it's still in the toilet. No. Well, yeah, because it came out of the sink. So clearly it doesn't, it's not deterred by water. Oh my God. I learned that these things. This is what I do. Every time something like this happens, I start looking up all the facts about them so I can like, I think I'm going to like learn how to like mitigate the problem, but then it just makes my fear even worse. And I've learned that they can live for a week without their head. Oh (laughs) my God. It's, I don't, it's like, I just like pray to God that we never see one in this apartment. Oh my God. That's so scary. And you're right. They are really coming in like, because there's nothing to have outside. Also, once it gets hot, bugs come in anyway yeah so like there was we have all kinds of fucking spiders and stuff oh no. so ah. beca- because this cockroach was i think comparable to a bear in every way i yes. do think that tony would save me from a bear uh to a certain extent do you think oh, mike man. would save you from a bear <laughs> yes that's so disgusting good job tony i can't believe you did it with a with a paper towel that's so gross I know, um I know. Ew. okay i have like such a bad fear of cockroaches okay they're never coming back we're putting vibes out there that they're not welcome yeah, okay welcome. um yeah i do because i don't know if you guys felt this but a few weeks ago there was like a uh, pretty big earthquake like at the beginning of the pandemic yes and mike was like asleep and his first instinct before he was even awake was like the room started shaking and he just grabbed me and went, Alyssa, and like threw himself on top of me. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah, you would save my life. That's oh, nice. that's so cute. <laughs> For that same earthquake, I just like punched Tony's face awake. I was like, Tony! <laughs> <laughs> he woke up, I was like, what, what? And I was like, earthquake. <laughs> yeah. <was> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, cute. but you know, you never know. I mean, like, honestly, you can't, you can't control those instincts. So just do your best. If that's not yeah. what your first in- instinct is, maybe just learn from it. I don't know. It's funny that like in terms of labor and love, labor of love, I think like the most, I don't know, relatable and kind of like serious 
topic that this tackles is the obstacle she's presented of like, hey, I am 41. So when I go out on dates, I really do need to ask about family planning before I'm even done with my first glass of wine. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people experience that. And it's very anxiety inducing and uncomfortable and like not the most fun thing to do socially. So people should feel comfortable not only doing that, but then also having your friend dress up as a bear and sneak up <laughs> behind you. <laughs> yes. And then just see if he's also worth your fucking time. Yeah, I think just like that's our lesson to, to learn. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. That makes sense. Or if he just like takes off running, you know, like that's a real problem. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, should we get into this week's episode? Yes, please. Um, so I just wanted to preface this by saying we recorded this a few weeks ago um, with Anna, you know, prior to the recent events. And a uh, part of the episode is talking about Kim Kardashian's uh, involvement with criminal justice reform and social ju- social justice. Um, so, I, you know, I can't speak for Anna, but if you want to see you know, her, what she has to say about the current situation, she's been tweeting about it. I encourage everybody to follow her as well. Um, but Mm -hmm. that aside, we have a really awesome guest, Anna Horford. She's the, she's the host of Horford happy hour. She's super funny and like, it's just so cool. When we were talking to her, I felt like so just like such a dork (laughs) compared to her. (laughs) Um, and she, we talked about keeping up with the Kardashians and she is also Al Horford's younger sister. Uh, Al Horford's, he played for the Celtics for a long time. He also played for the Hawks briefly, and he's a Sixer now. And he's, like, also very cool and chill and sort of like a dad figure on the team. Um, (laughs) So we're very excited to have her, and we hope you enjoy the interview. Hi, Anna. How are you doing? I am doing so well. Um, I've got a glass of wine in hand, and um, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you guys. Oh, amazing. Yeah, you're in London right now, right? I'm in England. Oh, okay. Um, So I'm actually on the Isle of Wight right now, and it's like a place not many people have heard of, um, but my boyfriend's from here, so I'm staying with him for about six months. So yeah, I am over... Uh, over in Europe right now. That's amazing. I feel like I should pour myself a glass of wine just to be on the same level. <laughs> I thought that ten too. in the morning here. <laughs> I was like, oh god, do I need one? Wow, yes. I, I mean, also want to be on the Isle o'clock. of Wight with one. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere, so yeah. I would How? not judge you guys. How is uh, it from our perspective over here? It feels like I would rather be in literally any other country in the entire world. Um, What is this whole pandemic situation looking like for you guys over there? I mean, like everywhere else in the world, it's not great. Some places are obviously better than others. But I feel like just being here in the UK and seeing how it's been handled by the government and, um, you know, like like different government officials I think that it uh there's a lot less panic over here Mm -hmm. and um there seems to be a bit more order um you know we don't have like protests going on over here (laughs) there aren't people doing crazy shit um you know at capitol (laughs) buildings and yeah um supermarkets and stuff so um I think that it is a bit more organized obviously there is a lot of tension um you know we're supposed to only really be going out about 30 minutes a day oh wow Um, so we try to like kind of get maybe some exercise in things like that while we um you know, or out for that, that 30 minutes. So yeah, we've been, um, you know, self, uh, isolating for a couple months now. So it's been kind of intense, but 
you know, um, not as intense as, as what uh, the NHS has been doing and, and other healthcare workers and stuff. So, yeah. Um, well, it's nice to know that someone is some some countries are being responsible. <laughs> <That's> insane. <laughs> it is so funny, like watching America from here. It just looks like such a shit show. And yeah. like the people that I interact with are like, "Are you guys okay?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, no, we're not." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also really enjoying your tweets about the Last Dance. They're super. Oh my funny. god, me too. Oh, oh my god, I have to follow you guys on Twitter. Um, but thank you so much. I, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I feel like most of my following like on Twitter is like dudes, like yeah. guys who like <laughs> sports and who like, like my brother and stuff. So sometimes they don't get like the funny, like feminine tweets. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that you guys appreciate them. <laughs> yeah. We Very have a little bit, so. we have a crossover with my boyfriend's podcast. We have some fans who listen to both. And so it's a similar thing where sometimes I'm like, do these dudes watch the shows that we're talking about? But they do <laughs> a lot of the times and their girlfriends will be like, you got to watch it, you know? So yeah. that's cool. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to ask that kind of like crosses over into the keeping up with the Kardashians world is uh you're quite a voice in the sports world on Twitter um and I think it's incredible that you're like so unapologetically vicious to haters <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking awesome and I I enjoy trash talk and one of the things that we've talked about as far as reality tv is concerned is it's like aspirational trash talk a lot of the times but I also deal with anxiety so like there's been times in my own basketball games at home where I've wanted to like get into it with a girl or I want to tweet at somebody like something about, you know, my favorite sports teams. But then I second guess myself like I'm going to say something wrong. And I wanted to ask you like what it's like to have a spotlight on you, especially as a woman in sports Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I just I think my approach has always been to just be like fully authentic and just be myself. And people really respond to that. And I don't know, I think I take people back sometimes, like, when they are like, did she really just say that? Or, like, one of my tweets will end up, like, on ESPN or Sports Center, and <laughs> yeah. it's like, Al Horford's <laughs> sister, um, quite the take by telling J.R. Smith to fuck off. Yeah. Or, like, you know what I mean? Or, um, one reporter was like, Al, did you know your sister, you know, tweeted this about um, Draymond Green's, like, known for kind of, like, yeah. um, hitting guys, like, you know, in the nuts or whatever. Yeah. And, and I was like, Draymond Green has touched more nuts than a peanut vendor. Like, oh my and God. I'll say <laughs> stuff like that. Like, and... And so Al's always like, oh my God, there she goes again. But my family, to those who know me, they know that's like just truly who I am. And if you yeah. meet me in person, a lot of people are like, oh my God, I didn't think you'd be like how you were on Twitter in person, but you totally are. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just, it's just a, just being authentic and just really saying what's, you know, on my mind. Sometimes I'll like look back and I'll be like, oh fuck. I, really, <laughs> like, I should not have said that. Like I should not have done that. Um, but, you know, at, at that point, you kind of just have to, you, you just kind of have to live you with it. You just own it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I think that's so uh, refreshing and brave. Uh, you know, I'm like, I, I will say those things about Draymond in the privacy of my own home, but you're like on ESPN saying that. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about uh, reality TV and your journey with the Kardashians. How did you start watching the show? Um, what, what about it speaks to you? 
I think I, I mean, I think I've watched the show pretty much from the beginning. I know like when Al first got to the NBA was like around the time the show became a thing. And I remember him going to, um, do you guys remember when Kim was dating Reggie Bush? Yes. Oh, like, for sure. I, I went you, to USC, so I will never forget oh, that. Yeah. So, um, so Al had like met Kim and Reggie at like one of his charity parties or whatever, and um, you know, he had told me about what it was like meeting them, and and was like, "Do you want to, you know, um, do you want to like talk to her on the phone or whatever?" Because he'll do that sometimes if he thinks like I'll like you know whoever he's like meeting, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, "Yeah, no, like I'm too nervous. Like, don't worry about it." Um, and this was me like I'm way younger. You you know, this is when the show first came out. And right. um, so I think that's kind of how I got into it. And then just like, just the entertainment factor and the big family factor, like we're a big family as well. There are a lot of siblings. Um, if you see pictures of my mom, super Kris Jenner vibes, Aww. like they, they look pretty <laughs> similar. Um, their hair is the same, like everything. Like, so, um, so yeah, our family, I think just kind of, uh, yeah, just kind of, could relate to them so so yeah it was it was interesting and it's so entertaining I mean you can't deny that it's entertaining yeah um for sure I mean it's this show is like so I've kind of watched on and off over the years and Taylor has been a more loyal uh viewer but it's like it goes from being like the some of the most silly like their pranks and whatever to like truly giving you a peek behind the curtain at like one of the highest levels of fame (laughs) and being so like formative to American pop culture. It's insane. I mean, I was reviewing some of the most recent episodes with Tristan and some with Kanye. And I'm like, I just can't believe that we actually get to see any of this on TV. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Um, It's like signing your life over essentially. I mean, but I feel like they're probably so used to it by now that, that it's just another day at the office. Yeah. Well, and they also grew like their fame obviously grew with the show. Cause I do think that the first few seasons, I mean, the way that Chris had pitched it to Ryan Seacrest was like, listen, my family is so big that all of my friends like talk about how funny and entertaining and crazy we are. Mm -hmm. I think if you just put a camera on us from us being a big blended, like silly family, you're going to get something great. And so I think so much of that is what you were talking about, Anna, of like you just have this like really big, relatable family and then that's just entertaining in and of itself. And then as the show grows and their fame grows now, it's insane to see <laughs> the things that they're able to do and eat in the places they go and like the weird issues they have to deal with. But it's funny to think about it starting so long ago with like them being just kind of like a, I mean, they definitely were social socialites right like Chris for sure was yeah I I would say she's definitely like a Beverly Hills socialite at the very least if that exists Mm -hmm. can I admit something very embarrassing yeah I was looking up I was like what year did this start and I looked up just like the Wikipedia page and it said so the Kardashians started from Robert Kardashian marrying Kristen uh, like Hufton or something her last name is. And I was like, who is Kristen? <laughs> I like fully have never, ever really realized that Kris Jenner's name is Kristen. I was like, is he was married to someone before? This is bananas. <laughs> but that's just how permanently like tattooed Kris Jenner is in my mind. But she has a different name. <laughs> 
Um, do you feel like, Anna, that we talked, you know, we're talking about this season of the Kardashians. We're watching it together. And it's crazy to me, like, the level of competition that these siblings must feel with each other because they're all so successful and they're all, they all have their own image. Do you feel like there's some of that within your own family as well? Oh, my God. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> I'm the middle child of five kids. Al's the oldest. We have a uh, brother, John, and then it's me, our sister, Maria, our brother, Josh. And it's so funny because seeing the dynamic with Kris Jenner and, like, who is her favorite child at the time kind of depends on, like, their level of success. And um, I think that's just her coming from, like, a momager, like, total momager standpoint. Yeah. And that totally happens with our parents. Like, that's a real thing. Like, like you know, when, when Al signs his contract or when, you know, my other brother went to, like, the national championship or whatever, whoever's, like, doing the most, I feel like. Wow. And usually, like, with our family, it's, like, the boys because they're all, like, into sports. My sister's a photographer. I do all the social media stuff. So it's, like... Yeah, they're a lot cooler than we are. Like, I get it. But, like, <laughs> like I don't know. You can just – you seriously, like, our parents, like, we have always joked that, like, Al and John are the famous – or, like, the, the most popular ones because they're, like, you know, the ones with, like, the most quote-unquote fame or whatever. And so, yeah, it is, it is interesting seeing that with Chris, like, how Kim used to be the favorite, but now Kylie's the favorite because she's a fucking billionaire. Like, yeah, it's like, insane. I'm just, and like, looking at my mom out of the corner of my eye, like, this is you, and you need to reflect on this. <laughs> yeah, um, it's crazy. Like, there was an episode recently where they were talking about how, you know, Kim's work ethic is just, like, unprecedented. And you can mm -hmm. tell it kind of stems from a little bit of jealousy from Kylie being, I mean, I don't, Kim's worth, you know, enough. She has so much money, but Kylie having this brand as the billionaire, but then getting like strep throat and not being able to walk in a fashion show in Paris or like creative, be creative director or whatever she was yeah. doing. Um, it's just and Kim's like, like, if I were on my deathbed, I would yeah. go. <laughs> She's like, get whatever shots you have to do. I'm like, that is I, I would just like break down if I had to compete <laughs> with my own family for my mom's love that way. That's so insane. And it's I was just so thinking about, insane. And yeah. I'm like, we all like we all came from your vagina. Like, yeah. do not like you can't pick and choose. Like, I don't know. It's it's really, really funny. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just an older sibling thing too, right? Like, no, I think no matter how many there are, like, I always shit on my little brother for like not being tough enough, and my older yeah. brother does the same to me. Where it's like, well, back when I was your age, like, I fucking got through it, so get over it. <laughs> it's just such a like, okay, Kylie, you have strep throat, like, whatever. Yeah. I also love in that same episode, Kim was like, I've been doing enough work to separate like KKW from Kylie Cosmetics, so like, I'm not going. Like, that's a part of her business is like yeah. separate herself from Kylie Cosmetics so she was like I can't I just like can't afford it it's and like, Chris oh is like God. offering them money and like yeah. upping the amount like every like hour she's like 200 grand 300 grand I know and they're like we don't need your peasant money yeah, mom like money means nothing to them like why would that even be any form of currency between them like yeah. that makes no sense it's so <laughs> insane I think we should talk about Chloe a little bit because she is like she's had such a rough go with some of the things that have, you know, unraveled in her life. And she's so strong and so composed. And I feel like she was kind of a sleeper hit on the series for a long time. Like, mm -hmm. Kim was obviously the star. And um, I just, watching her deal with this whole Tristan situation and her ability to stay calm, like, while she was giving birth 
and ask her family to keep the peace between everybody. And she said, like, I don't make permanent decisions off temporary emotions. I was just like, I would never, especially with cameras on me, I would never have that level of, like, maturity in that situation. (laughs) Me neither, dude. I feel like also the, like, being cheated on feels so horribly embarrassing and it makes you feel, has made me feel like such a fool. Like the last thing I want to do is have any sort of audience for it. And if I did, I would want to be the angriest, most like upset version of myself to prove that I wasn't, I don't know, to like prove that I wasn't weak. Maybe I'm not sure. And it's so ultimately what she does is like the right thing and makes her look so much stronger. But I like, couldn't, I can't, I can't imagine myself in those shoes. Can I just say, like, the whole Chloe-Tristan thing, obviously, like, you know, my brother plays Tristan and and whatnot, like, and my dad was, you know, he was a basketball player, he was in the NBA as well, my other brother, and, like, this is the biggest reason, I know I'm going to sound like such a bitch, but, like, this is the (laughs) biggest reason I don't date athletes, like, I'm surrounded by them, and I grew up with them, but, like, they are... 90% of them are just fucking players and they have, you know, these, these Instagram models like lining up outside their hotel rooms and like they find out where they are and like you're constantly having to worry about that. And like, of course I can't fault her for having a type, but like, (laughs) oh my God, there's maybe like 10% of athletes who are like, you know, like in it for like one woman, one family, like all this stuff. I know it sounds like a bad stereotype, but like I've just seen it so much that I'm just, and people are always like, why don't you date athletes or athletes will like hit me up or whatever. And I just, I shoot them down every time. I'm like, I'm just not interested. Like there's just, I couldn't deal with the anxiety of them going on the road all the time. Well, and that trend makes so much sense, right? Because they're, they are led to believe that they're gods. And so to have to be living in just like a completely different universe in terms of like uh, the the, that amount of celebrity and your amount of power and then the environment you're in, it it makes sense that that is just a typical behavior. It's totally how how easy some of these girls make it like I call them I call them jersey chasers like like if you're whatever, if you're into athletes like that's cool. But like these random like Instagram like girls who are clearly just like digging for gold or whatever like I've always been like I don't know protective like I'm hoping my brothers wouldn't you know fall for like someone for like sure. that um, or it's also like you know go have fun then don't be in a relationship exactly. you know right have exactly. all the fun you're you're so accomplished you made it to the NBA you're playing like a basketball at a, an elite level you can do whatever you want just don't ruin someone else's life by like creating a family with them you know yeah, yeah. um I also think like I think there might be a little bit of acceptance among some women like they're being realistic like it's very hard to have a relationship with somebody who's in that spotlight and be faithful and I think probably a lot of celebrity couples especially have agreements with each other that they don't necessarily share with the public where maybe both parties are allowed to sort of explore as long as they don't embarrass each other but what really struck me about this whole Tristan situation is that he literally went from his wife going into labor while he was just making out with somebody, which doesn't seem worth it to me, <laughs> to, like, in the less than 12 hours doing skin-to-skin contact with his, like, infant daughter. And I just don't – it's like something is, like, 
wired the wrong way in his head. Like that just doesn't seem. (laughs) And like, I think it's just also that so many of these athletes get into the spotlight so young. Like Tristan's not very old. Like he's like, what is he like 27 or something? I'm 27. Like he's, he's not very old. And I think that when all this money and power and like influence just like it happens all at once and you know like you know you're the center of attention I think it does go to these guys heads and they think that they're you know above um monogamy or whatever it is yeah it's it just seems like to me if you're gonna cheat anytime like that sucks if that's not the agreement that you guys talked about or whatever but to cheat at that specific time I'm like all right is that even worth it like go to the hospital what are you doing i think now too we're seeing like the the reverse of now chloe is not with him it's very public that chloe's not with him and he's been showering her with gifts and all this attention and acting like better than he ever did as her boyfriend which she said on the show, she's like, well, if Tristan acted like this when we were together, things would be fucking great. But <laughs> it's like now there's this one thing that this guy can't have. And so now that's something that he wants, which I also think is just a man thing, if I'm being honest. But whatever. yeah, definitely. <laughs> I also like really identify with um, Chloe's migraine journey. I have suffered from migraines and for like my whole life. And then she got an MRI at one point last season and the. Uh, person she was talking to was like you really have to get off your birth control which is something that I dealt with as well and I, I I don't know it's just like it's crazy to see no matter how much wealth and power and fame you have that you still have to fucking deal with migraines you know like, <laughs> and Kim psoriasis yeah exactly <laughs> do you guys have uh, a take on this like most recent sort of drama on the show which is about the sisters having a unfair amount of filming responsibilities because we're seeing a lot of Kim and Chloe filming and then everyone else is just like over it and doesn't want to shoot the show. I mean, I think like if you make a commitment to something, you have to follow it through. And obviously we don't know what their contracts look like or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. Like, I get it. They've been filming for a really fucking long time. Like, yeah. Uh, the, you know, the camera crew is probably, they're probably like family by now. So, um, so I think as a family member, I would be extremely frustrated, but I also feel like I have a more like Kim mentality where I'm like, <laughs> if I like agree to something, I'm going to follow it through. I'm going to be super professional about it. We're going to get that shit done. It's going to look fucking amazing and there's going to be no excuses, but like, not everyone's like that. And so uh, so as a sibling, I get why Chloe and Kim have been so frustrated with Courtney or maybe, you know, some other people in the family about not really like stepping up because if you make the commitment, you should follow through. If you didn't want to follow through, then don't make the commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally I feel like I would want to be the Kim. Like right now I'm like, yeah, I would be the Kim. But then I also just picture myself being Kendall, like laying <laughs> on a beanbag for most scenes. <laughs> I just love looking at her, honestly. I do too. I love looking at all of them, but she's just, I don't know. Something about her is like so interesting to me. I'm like looking at her injections. They're so well hidden. I'm like, where? I want to just know the science of your face. Yeah. You know what was funny about Kendall is like when Kim and Courtney got in that fight and Chloe was trying to break it up, Kendall was like standing like so scared in the corner, just like watching it all unfold, which like, by the way, do you guys have sisters? We both no. do not. We both have brothers. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I have done that with my sister. And my sister's just, like, a lot more athletic and stronger than me. Oh, so no. she she beat the <laughs> shit out of me. But, like, that stuff, 
does happen. I was laughing the whole time because I was like, oh my God, that's what me and my sister look like when we fight. And that's so, yeah. I so have funny. attacked my little brother on several occasions and he is seven <laughs> years younger than me. So for like, all of our lives, he's been littler and now he's taller than me and he's like a college athlete. He's like so big and strong <laughs> and I could still like just sort of jump at him and he'll flinch. Like he gets terrified <laughs> of only me and he could kill me. And it, But there's just like just this dynamic from our whole lives, me putting him in his place that I could see him being the Kendall like hiding in the corner if I ever decided to fuck shit up. Yeah, you have the power. You wear the pants. Yeah. I have a brother that's three and a half years younger than me, and I used to, like, secretly, like, hit him and stuff. <laughs> like, my mom would joke, like, she's like, I'd put you in the car. I'd put Ryan in, like, his little, you know, booster seat or whatever. I would shut the door, and by the time I walked around to the driver's seat, Ryan was crying, and I'd be like, what happened, Alyssa? <laughs> and I, I, you'd always be like, nothing? I don't know, or whatever. But I don't people, know. He's just crying like a little bitch. People used to say to me, like, you know – if you if you act like this with your brother, someday he's going to be bigger than you and then he's going to think it's funny to hit you back and you're not going to think it's so funny. And thankfully, by the time he got bigger than me, we grew out of that version <laughs> of our relationship because that starts to get a little strange, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I never yeah. really had that opportunity. My brothers are, my two oldest ones are 6'10", 250, and my younger one's like 6'5" you know, whatever. Yeah. And I'm just, I have no chance. <laughs> um, did you ever play sports with them or, or play sports in school or anything like that? Yeah. I used to play basketball when I was younger and then I blew out my knee, had a horrible like knee surgery, like did absolutely everything oh. wrong to my knee that I could have done. Um, and then I was a dancer for a while. I was in dance and, um, I enjoyed that, but yeah, no. So pretty much I was kind of like, well, I'm fucked. So <laughs> I've got to figure something else out. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to put me like fourth in line in the children like favorite category. Aww. But like, no. you know what? It's fine. Honestly, <laughs> um, I think social media has the highest ceiling of everything you've uh, told us about your family. So, oh, you know. yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, no, no big deal. <laughs> I was wondering, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Kim Kardashian's newfound passion for like criminal justice reform um and i was wondering what you guys thought about her trip to talk to president trump to pardon um alice marie johnson um and then her involvement in the in staying rodney reed's execution yeah so i feel like it's a really amazing thing what she's doing and i feel like a lot of people like are constantly trying to discredit her and the family in general for like their fame and, and fortune and whatever it's like um but they're capitalizing on on you know every opportunity that they get you can't really fault like them for that and they're just strong businesswomen like you know in my opinion obviously no one's perfect but as far as like kim doing this you know um like she's she's in school to become a lawyer and doing mm -hmm. all of this social justice stuff. I think that it is really important. I obviously do not vibe with President Trump. I mm -hmm. think he's a fucking idiot. But like, if you have to do that in order to save someone's life, if you have to speak to him or sit down with him in order to make a case, um, I think that that, you know, is a really like admirable thing to do. So I, I can't even, I don't know how anyone speaks negatively about her doing this kind of stuff because she actually is saving lives. So mm -hmm. I think that that's, I mean, I think that that's really, really great. What more could you ask for someone with that kind of influence and power? Um, so yeah, I think it's a really good thing. 
For sure. I love everything that she's doing. And I just recorded that new Oxygen series about it. That's just like a docuseries strictly following her and the her like law career, I guess you could call it. But I think there's two things. I think what's sad sometimes is I think that there is such a school of just thought where you just loathe the Kardashians and nothing they could do is enough in terms of charity. Like, I feel like every time there has been some sort of, like, horrible disaster or something awful, like, there is always a story that's like, well, Kylie only donated $1 billion, and that sucks, because <laughs> she has multiple billions of dollars. Or, yeah. like, we read that Kylie donated, but Kim didn't, and then they have to come forward and be like, we're allowed to donate to things and, like, not make... Isn't that the point, that we don't have to make an announcement about it? Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that there's something very cool about when a celebrity or somebody who is coming from a place of status, like Kim is to kind of pick one cause and really just try to fucking solve it. Um, Bill Gates is just like trying to figure out like a like a brand new toilet that could be everywhere all over the world and like f- and fix like a lot of um, clean water issues and like plumbing issues and like third world countries. He's literally trying to make a vaccine for coronavirus right now. Like, and and there go. you go. Like <laughs> yeah. Like I think I think it's just a very cool when when somebody like him is like, oh, this is this is my one thing, and I'm gonna put so much fucking energy and so much money and so much of my publicity behind this that I'm actually going to make a change in whatever the, the category is you know so I think it's cool to see her focus on that and make like real change and fucking save people's lives yeah I mean she literally prevented someone (laughs) the the episode I watched I think with the Rodney Reed visit she went to visit him she you know used her voice to help rally around um pushing back his Uh, execution date which I don't I honestly don't even think the death penalty should exist but that's a whole other debate um Mm -hmm. and uh because there was new evidence involved in his case and then afterwards she was like I'm so tired I really want to go to McDonald's and they went to McDonald's and got like an extra (laughs) Oreo McFlurry and then like waved to the all the girls working at McDonald's I was like this is so special Mm. (laughs) love it I love it it's so cute very cool um I wanted to ask one more a little it's kind of a tricky question but I'm interested to hear what you guys think what uh where do we all what's the consensus on Kanye at this point oh gosh gosh. I know right (laughs) like he went from being so high up and being like George W Bush doesn't care about black people to like I don't know what 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 he's thinking with Trump I I just it's and then it just kind of seems like that died out because we had more important things to pay attention to and now it's okay that he's like back doing his Sunday service I don't know I'm not sure where uh what to think of all of this yeah I think I don't know I think Kanye it's a really it's an interesting topic especially because I mean it did come out that he was bipolar correct like that Mm -hmm. so like if you know someone who's bipolar you know that their moods can be unpredictable um and that you know the way that they conduct themselves can be unpredictable especially if they're they're going through an episode. I am very open about, I, I, you know, I have clinical depression and anxiety. Um, and so, and you know, my ex was bipolar and I think that it's just, it's so much more difficult than people realize. So I try to empathize with him from that standpoint, Mm -hmm. but from an even bigger standpoint, I'm like, you have such a responsibility to, you know, do what you think is right, but do also do what's right for, you know, um, for people who look like you and, and for, for people like, you know, the people 
um, from Chicago, where Kanye came from, you know, who are struggling, like you have such a responsibility to lift them up and to, you know, make positive change, positive impact. And I feel like he's kind of lost that message. And like early on in his career, like you said, George W. Bush doesn't care about black people. Like he was an advocate for change. And I think that that's kind of gotten lost for him. I don't know if it has to do with, you know, um, being bipolar or what, but I, I do think that if you're a celebrity, you do have, you know, you do have to be careful about what you say, what you do, who you back. Um, Trump has been open about, you know, it's not a secret that he kind of talks down about minorities and right. women and, and the LGBTQ community and whatnot. And, and so I think it is, it is, you have to be really careful about backing someone like that because you, you're just almost empowering them even more. So I think that's a really dangerous thing that he should be careful of. Yeah. I think, um, it's hard when you, you know, I think so many people had like such strong love and affection for him as an artist and everything he seemed to stand for. And, one person that I feel that way about is uh, Britney Spears, and it's not exactly a one-to-one situation, but she similarly deals with some sort of mental health issues. Um, and sometimes it seems like when you're so famous, it's almost like fame, you know, exacerbates all of that. Like all of the things you have to deal with with a rabid fan base and privacy and people wanting a piece of your life and everything's I, so I just I kind of hope for him because he is someone that I want to like in the long term that he resolves those issues and he works through it and he gets to a place that's more even keel and healthy for him and it's it's not a permanent situation but I totally agree with everything that you're saying as well a hundred percent. And do you guys 100%. feel like, I kind of feel like Kim like tries to make up for what Kanye does with her work. Um, yeah, and just like sense. to give them, you know, like a, to keep their um, reputation like sterling, you know, and, and I think she does kind of panic when he, when he goes off on his like tangents and whatnot. Um, so, so I do, that's why I think it really boils down to a mental health issue, which I do think people should um, have empathy towards. For sure. And I think, I think that... Go oh, ahead, go Taylor. Ahead. Go ahead. I, I agree that I also... There's been... I think he's being policed differently now that he is in the Kardashian camp, is what it seems like, too. Like, I feel as though there were uh, just, like, a couple of crazy things that he did and said that were very off-putting and a little bizarre, and then they would be followed up very quickly with, like, silence. And sometimes I would be like, is this a weird... Like, is this basically a Kanye prank? Like, is this all some sort of plan? Like, I truly differ a lot of these things. Like, I'm just, like, looking at him in a MAGA hat being like, all right, when is he, when when is this, like, bit going to end? And I, and in a lot of his music lately, he also talks about, like, Kim kind of helping him and, and taming him a little bit. Mm. And I think a large portion of that is what we're talking about of like helping him with his mental health issues. But I do think a smaller portion of that is just like the controversial and kind of crazy artist in him that maybe is also being reined back by the Kardashian camp just in terms of, like you said, their sterling reputation and whatever. So it is, and like his, they're experimenting with his being on the show and not being on the show is very Mm, fascinating to me. Like I, I that first talking head he had with Kim where he was like, okay, so 
I didn't want to do this show, but then I watched The Incredibles, and I realized that we are The Incredibles, (laughs) and I am a superhero, and she is a superhero, and she has a big butt, just like The Incredibles. Oh, my gosh. So now I will do Keeping Up with the Kardashians. He's not wrong, you know? He's not (laughs) And that's how I feel sometimes when he says things. They're just like, what? I'm like, well... I guess I do get what he's saying, but I think there's just so much going on. I like, I, there's so much of me that loves, loves, loves him as an artist and thinks he yeah. is an undeniable genius. And then to everything that's happened as of late has really obviously made the, the jury is still out. I feel like I don't understand Kanye, but then like, maybe if I had four glasses of wine and listened to what he said, I'd be yeah. like, yeah, dude. yeah, like, I, this room- I get it. <laughs> This reminds me of we went to my boyfriend and I went to uh, the second weekend of Coachella last year because we wanted to see Sunday service so bad. And we went. It was incredibly hot and very, very long. And uh, Kanye was very far away. And on another hill, like in the distance, distance, supposedly were like more of the Kardashians and the Jenners. And later that day, we go back into like the Coachella camp and we're getting on the Ferris wheel. And there's these two girls behind us that are like, maybe 18 I hope I don't know but, and they're both in like full like Victoria's Secret like angel runway outfits oh, like no. basically just like lingerie made out of beads and Ooh. they were so cute they were like did you guys go to the Sunday service and we were like yeah yeah we went and she was the girl goes oh okay did you have a good time and we were like yeah we had a good time we're like big Kanye fans and so you know we liked it and she was like, oh, okay, we only really went to see Kylie, so it was kind of a huge waste of our time. Oh, <laughs> we my like, gosh. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. But it was so funny for me to imagine, like, Kanye having this, like, big and so what he thinks is like a huge religious experience there's like hundreds of people in the audience and how many of them were just girls in lingerie like, like we love you Kylie, Kylie though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that's what he like, signed up for literally everyone is on Molly like you know yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> everyone's rolling their asses off yeah <laughs> um well, amazing I think we navigated that pretty okay <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Taylor? Any other lighter moments you want to talk about? (laughs) I brought up all the heavy moments because those are the ones that are most, like, you know, in the press, I guess. But what about when Kim lost her $75,000 earrings in the ocean? (laughs) That was great. Kim, there's people that are dying. (laughs) Yeah, so good. So good. Um, (laughs) Well, the Kardashians, like, truly are are royalty. Uh, And I, I even think they've, like, exceeded, you know, the fame of uh prince and princess they're they're certainly richer i think Uh, (laughs) hell yeah and uh they've taught me so much about makeup and have totally rebranded my hometown of calabasas as like this sort of you know celebrity mecca i guess so um (laughs) I, i it's 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 an interesting journey with them and i'm sure it'll continue to be an interesting journey do you ever see them like out and about I have seen, so I'm from Agora Hills, which is like sort of right next to Calabasas. Um, yeah. I've seen Rob Kardashian playing basketball at the Agora Calabasas Rec Center, like back in the day when I lived at home. Mm. Um, when Also when he was much more athletic. Um, <laughs> but I haven't seen, I don't think I've ever seen any of the sisters out, but I do when I watch the show go, oh my gosh, that's, there's my middle school or like whatever it is, you know, <laughs> it's weird. Like they do go, you know, they very discreetly zip around the valley or go to, um, 
you know, pick up food at certain places. And I, I, I desperately wish I could see one of them in person. It would be so fun to like report back on their outfits and everything. I feel like that I, level of fame would be so stressful, though. <laughs> for sure. I yeah. talked about this on the pod a few, uh, probably two weeks ago, but I uh, got to meet Courtney Kardashian because she did a cameo on the show I just finished called Dave. And I was, everyone was like, acting very cool that Courtney was coming to set. Like, no one was freaking out. And I was looking around like, I'm sorry, am I taking crazy pills? Like, even if you <laughs> don't watch this show, like, you have to at least acknowledge the fact that one of the most famous people in the world, our royalty, as we're saying, is fucking coming to the set and is going to hang out with us. Like, that's the most insane thing ever. And Courtney smelled so good, and she was very nice, and she was so small. I was so shocked at like she how is petite little. she is. Yeah, yeah. She was like, like I'm five seven, and she was significantly shorter than me. I was like, oh my god, hi, Courtney Kardashian. <laughs> I don't know. They're they're forever entertaining, and and I don't give a fuck what anyone says. People are like, ah, oh, it's so shallow, blah blah blah. I'm like, mindless entertainment is nothing to look down upon. Um, if you enjoy it, then you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. It's a it's a good escape for me, and I, I will never, I will never probably not watch reality TV. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Same with us. We, I mean, it's almost as good as Xanax for me, honestly. <laughs> it's like truly, I just, when I'm like, I can't deal with everything, I just lay down and watch, you know, all of these shows. Well, thank you so much. This is so awesome. I feel like we really uh, touched on a lot of important stuff. Everyone listen to Horford Happy Hour. Um, you can find it on Apple Podcasts. And is there anywhere else that uh, people should look out for it? Yeah, it's on Stitcher, Audio Boom, the CLNS Media Network. It's it's pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. So, okay, yeah. great. And where can people find you online, Anna? Um, you can find me at Anna Horford um, on Twitter and Instagram. I am uh, definitely more popular on Twitter than Instagram. Um, <laughs> I just don't have time for Instagram, man, to like get dolled up and like yeah. take pictures. I mean, especially right now. So yeah, check me out, especially on Twitter. But yeah, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. I feel like I could talk to you guys for hours, honestly. <laughs> I know we Us could keep too. going. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, well, thank you, and uh, hope you uh, stay safe where you yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. I hope you guys stay safe too. Um, and again thank you so much for having me on thank you thank you